Good afternoon and welcome to the City View podcast with me, Andy Sylvester, editor here at City AM. In just a minute, I'll be joined by Victoria Scholar from Interactive Investor. We'll have a quick look through the biggest stories of the day, including UK job figures, retail sales updates, and also updates from ASOS, Deliveroo, and EasyJet. Away from those stories, however, and still plenty going on in the square mile today. The UK accounting watchdog launching today an investigation into Deloitte's auditing of Go Ahead Group after the uh, transportation company was heavily fined by the government for financial improprieties. Financial Reporting Council said this morning the investigation will focus on the big four firms auditing of go-ahead between 2016 and 2021. According to a Deloitte spokesperson, the company will cooperate to the fullest. We're committed to the highest standards of audit quality, they said in the statement. Meanwhile, the UK's audit watchdog itself is preparing to strengthen its powers to sanction Britain's major accountancy firms, the FRC, readying itself to take back control over the registration of the UK's auditing firms. It would give the authority new powers to strip licences from companies that audit the UK's major companies if they carry out poor quality work. Meanwhile, a London-based fintech has bagged a 50 million injection today as it looks to fill a funding gap for smaller trade-focused firms. The fresh round for Sten, which helps smaller trade firms access growth capital, was led by US backers Centrebridge, sends its valuation soaring to 900 million, suggesting it will soon be yet another unicorn on the London tech scene. Bosses said the cash will fuel the firm's next stage of growth. And businesses have unleashed a wave of job cuts, it appears, to cope with being hit by the national insurance hike. And in advance, of energy prices going up even further. The pipeline of redundancies has taken off in the last month alone, triggered by firms scrambling to protect margins. The number of plan redundancies has more than doubled over the last month, rising to over 18,000 in February, according to data from the Insolvency Service. Firms have to alert authorities of their plans to sack 20 or more staff. And Lloyds of London, the insurance market, forced to shut its iconic underwriting room today for the first time since COVID-19. wasn't a pandemic this time, but the actions of climate protesters from Extinction Rebellion. They turned up at the Lime Street HQ this morning, made it impossible to get in the building and spent much of the rest of the afternoon outside dancing on the Richard Rogers design staircases. Quite the scene. Um, I think it's fair to say many brokers, judging from my walk through Leadenhall Market at lunchtime, enjoying the opportunity to have an excuse not to go back to the office. That's all from me for now. So we'll bring in Victoria Scholar now from Interactive Investor. Uh, Victoria joins us every fortnight. We go through the biggest stories and always worth listening to. Victoria, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me back. Why don't we start, and we do this quite often, with some some relatively bad news. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's fair to say that we'd all been talking about a coming slowdown in the UK economy for a while. The warning lights were certainly flashing. Um, it appears now the data is starting to tie in with those predictions and we are starting to see signs of all these price hikes and and various other pressures starting to hit UK economic output, looking to hit unemployment, possibly hitting retail sales as well. And that was the conclusion, a little bit of what we what we saw this morning. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of data out this week. GDP yesterday, unemployment today, uh, and retail sales, and they've got inflation tomorrow. So there's a lot to sort of digest, as well as quite a few uh, trading updates from companies, which also give us some clues into the state of the economy as well. But um, we did see a significant slowdown in terms of those uh, GDP figures. Um, the services sector um, faring pretty well on the back of a pickup in sort of travel-related activities, but this was offset by uh, struggles in the manufacturing sector. We saw notable drops particularly for the automakers and uh, computer goods as the supply chain woes continue. You know, we've been so focused on the war in Ukraine, 
kind of forgotten about the supply chain issues, but they're still very much there and coming through in the data. And then the unemployment data today, uh, the headline figure was pretty strong. We saw an improvement to uh, 3.8% for the unemployment rates. We also saw a pickup in the earnings number, but unfortunately that wasn't enough to keep a pace with inflation. So real uh, wages are actually still in decline. And of course, all of this uh, points to the Bank of England and uh, they'll clearly be looking at these figures and thinking about where they need to speed up their pace of tightening to combat that inflationary pressure. But of course, that can have dampening effects on the economy as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, you know, it's hard to see that it, that it wouldn't. Um, and it, it certainly seems to me that I was talking about this with, with our economics and markets correspondent yesterday, Jack, that mm. while last year there were live discussions about whether or not the bank needed to clamp down on inflation or whether it needed to just let the recovery bed in. Those conversations seem to very much have ended and that the decision has sort of been reached almost by osmosis in the city that you're going to have to do rates more than you are going to have to allow that recovery to bed in. It's interesting looking at um, the the rising prices and, and the pressures on on retail such as it is. Data can data can say an awful lot, right? The GDP figure yesterday was slightly skewed because, for instance, the UK is not you know the, the healthcare sector is not flying in the same way that it was last year. That's a good thing because we're not vaccinating millions of people all the time yes. because there's a global pandemic and a, and a lockdown, right? So mm-hmm. there are elements of it that that kind of need to be taken in that context. But when you just look at what people are doing on the shelves, that's a sign of the, the pressures that are going to hit the rest of the economy because you can be sure if they're starting to scrimp and save at the supermarket, they'll be scrimping and saving on everything from gym memberships to, to going out to, to whatever else it might be. Yeah, and, and that's very, very much coming through in the retail sales data. I mean, we saw consumer confidence fall to the lowest level since the financial crisis. And clearly, as the cost of living crisis uh, deepens, it's going to be those discretionary goods that are going to take a hit. You know, families are trying to focus on affording the essentials with food prices, energy bills and taxes all on the rise. And then there's this element um, around the war in Ukraine, which is weighing on confidence quite significantly. So we've got the inflation on the one hand, um, then the war in Ukraine, which itself exacerbates inflation. Um, It's no surprise that retail sales are slowing. Yeah. And let's talk about two um, well, one retail company, but very much sort of new disruptive retail company and one one in the hospitality space, but again, a disruptive hospitality company, ASOS and Delivery, both of them with with updates out today. And both of those, when you look at the numbers, also have to be taken in this wider context, right? Let's start with yes. start with ASOS, first set of interim since transitioning to the main market, but headwinds including, of course, global supply chains and um, the sort of spending crisis, for want of a better phrase, hitting Brits' pockets. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt the investors have lost confidence in ASOS. The stock is down by around 70% over the last year from um, the peak. Um, and, you know, it's a major turnaround from during the pandemic when it was one of the key winners uh, alongside Zoom and Deliveroo, which we'll talk about in a second. But, um, yeah, I mean, firstly, pulling out of Russia and Ukraine, that's taken a hit on the back of that. Uh, 4% drop in revenues and about a £20 million hit to profit. It's also been dragged down by the broader tech sell-off amid fears about what higher interest rates could mean for some of the more debt-heavy companies. Then, of course, there's 
a rising cost inflation. And ASOS is a price sensitive business. It can't just give much higher prices to its customers. Mm. Uh, they expect low prices. So that's eating away at margins. And then on top of that, it's got the supply chain woes as well. So a lot of pressure on ASOS as well, not least to say the whole raft of cheap competitors that have entered the market over the last five to 10 years. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I, it's, all, it's always a dangerous business model when you are so price sensitive. Um, yes, because then especially in this environment. Yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, not, not you've got that on the one hand, but then you've also got if you are competing on price in a global supply chain like we've seen now with Shein and other competitors who can frankly mm. outcompete you. Um, you. It's an interesting one. You can see why investors are, are slightly wary. And um, let's speak of another another company that certainly <laughs> left investors very wary last year, which is Deliveroo. Um, I saw. Depending on whether I was whether I was a buy or a sell on Deliveroo, I could find something in the numbers to cheer me up today. Yeah, I mean, it's the the sort of headline is that it kept its guidance unchanged and that food delivery orders are up versus the same period last year. And you know, you were mentioning before about um, comparables. Last year actually was a tough comparable because we're in lockdown, mm. so clearly this year is better. But the fact that it's managed um, to deliver. Uh, more food this year is is a strong uh, sort of thing to point to. But, you know, it had a disastrous IPO just over a year ago, sky high valuation that didn't match up with um, sort of overconfidence in terms of its expectations of demand. It was coming out of 2020, which was a stellar year for the company, but 2021 was very, very different. Um, so the stock is down heavily. It's trading in this downtrend. Uh, it's really been struggling with the easing of lockdown restrictions. On top of that, again, this is a very, very crowded uh, space. It has successfully looked to move into grocery deliveries. It's doing that well, but at the same time, there were all these new Q-commerce players like GoPuff uh, and Gorillas who are all entering the market and doing it really efficiently, promising groceries in just a few minutes with low uh, delivery fees. So it's a really, really tough space to be in. Uh, so the fact that it has kept its guidance unchanged is something to cheer, but the trajectory that we've seen in mm. terms of its share price uh, doesn't look too promising. And of course, all those Q commerce competitors without the pressures of being on public markets, most of them backed with huge amounts of VC. Um, and the other thing I saw in the delivery numbers, which again speaks to the economic situation that we're in, <laughs> although you know the orders deliveries were, were, were positive, the actual average spend per order starting to slip, which suggests, again, there's that slight uncertainty that, sure, you might have the takeaway or the delivery a couple of times a week, perhaps, but maybe you you, you focus on the mains and you skip the dim sum now. It might be the economic <laughs> sort of the, the way of looking at it as people just look to um, look to save where they can. Let's just very briefly talk yeah. about something that sounds a little bit like good news, um, since goodness knows we all need a holiday. Um, EasyJet, <laughs> uh, signs of a recovery in terms of the number of people trying to book, um, albeit EasyJet admitting that it's quite difficult to get the staff to, you know, ensure that those planes are continuing to leave airports. Yeah, I mean, this was meant to be the comeback year for airlines like EasyJet, which of course was really, really struggling during the pandemic when most flights were grounded. But now it's facing fresh headwinds from uh, the struggles to get staff, um, as you say, also the war in Ukraine, 
the rising oil prices and actually the sharp jump in COVID cases in the UK because we are seeing um, significant outbound travel. We saw this in Heathrow's numbers yesterday. Lots of UK holidaymakers going abroad. We aren't seeing the same traffic in the other direction. A lot of uh, international travellers wary to come to the UK and business visitors as well, uh, possibly not coming for the reason that our COVID cases are still very elevated. Um, but, you know, EasyJet struggled in February on the onset of war, but has been trying to recover since then. And actually, on our interactive investor platform, it's become one of the most bought stocks. I think because it's so heavily discounted now, people mm. are seeing it as a bargain buy. Yeah, buy the dip. Not something you want to do on a plane, I suppose. Exactly, but, um, buy the dip. Uh, but we'll leave it there, Victoria. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me back. Brilliant. That was Victoria Scholar from Interactive Investor. All from me for today. Plenty to chew on, I'm sure you'll agree. We'll be back tomorrow. See you soon.